a lot of times I'm in excruciating pain and uh, my, nothing's working right. And it, it really shakes you when all of a sudden you can't do those things that you used to be able to do. I know for a lot of you guys too, life is shaking. Life is shaking. You may be sitting here today and you, you are one of those people that's on unemployment. You've lost your job. You don't know where your next, where your income is going to come from. You don't know where your next rent payment is going to come from. Or you may be sitting in a corporation or a job and you're watching everyone else around you getting laid off one after the other. And you're just wondering, am I next? Am I the next one? Some of you have been getting your, your retirement statements and going, what? Where'd all that money go that I, that I put in here? I mean, my, my uh, financial investor said these were sure, sure investments. You know, it, it will never go down. But yet, everything has. And some of you may be here and you're, you're struggling. Your world has been shaken because you're struggling with physical pain or, or injury or disease that came upon you and you just, you just aren't the same person you used to be. And it's shaking you to the core. Almost everyone here listening here today, I know, are under some kind of personal stress or pressure from the outside or from the inside or from in your family or whatever. Maybe it's been rejection from a family member, a parent, a child. Something where life is just feeling like this is not worth it anymore. And when the world is shaking, and it has shaken before, and it will shake again, trust me. When our worlds are shaking all around us, we have to go back, and we have to take a look at what God's Word says about an unshakable future that we have in store for us. This is the message of hope today. And we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. With verse 13. This is a great passage. It's written by a guy we call, he's, he's referred to as the Apostle Paul. After Jesus, he, after Jesus came on earth and did his ministry, uh, Paul came, became a believer in Christ and went all over the world. And he's kind of wrapping up his ministry and he's writing to this church called Corinth. And he writes them these words. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, he says... It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know, that's such a pivotal words here. We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. And then in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 5, it says this, reflecting on what was just said before, Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose. That very purpose, he's saying, is eternity. It is God who has made us for this very purpose, eternity, and has given us the Spirit as a deposit 
guaranteeing what is to come. Paul's saying it's not all about what's going on here on earth right now. This isn't it. He says, we believe, therefore we have spoken. You know that we speak what we believe. We really do. You know, you see that in, before uh, political elections like we just had recently. People speak about, oh, they're passionate about their, their, the thing that they really truly believe in. Their political viewpoint, their, or their spiritual viewpoint, or, or your viewpoint on, on uh, sports, or who's going to win. Is it going to be Michigan State, or is it going to be North Carolina, Michigan State? Okay, Michigan State. Okay, come on. All right, we got our Michigan roots here. We got to kind of root for them. All right, here we go. So, but we know that this is not it. As a believer, we believe that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead, that God raised him from the dead, and that the death and resurrection of Jesus guarantees, he uses the word guarantees, that we have a better future spending eternity in heaven with God, with Christ, and with all the believers and all the saints. This is the promise. That the God who raised Jesus from the dead will also raise us up. He will also raise us up. That's the promise. It's the hope of eternal life. And there's this great verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. It says this, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Okay? Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Do you get that? Is this world shaking right now? Are people's lives shaking right now? Yes. But we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So let us be thankful And so, worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. That's what our lives should be. We should say, man, I am shaken right now. My life has been turned upside down. My bank account's been drained. My identity has been stolen. My my family is a mess. But since we are receiving this kingdom that cannot be shaken, we should have our focus on who is our future. God, our future. You know, when Jesus was concluding his ministry on earth, uh, he started telling his disciples, hey, I'm going to die. I'm going to (laughs) leave. And they're like, what? What? We've been following you for three years. We thought you were going to set up this kingdom and we were going to be rulers and reigners and all the stuff and we were going to be awesome and, and what you're going to die and then you're going to leave us, Jesus. And they were really unsettled and really shaken. They did not know what their future held. Even after following Jesus for three years on earth, they had no idea what their future held. And Jesus gives us these words and he says it to them And he's saying it to us today. Come on. He says this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. This comes out of John chapter 14, starting with verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. 
In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you. But I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. Come on. If God is really God, and he really did create this world and everything we see in it and all the stars and the planets and everything, if he's all that powerful, and then Jesus says, come on, trust in God, okay? Trust this God. Trust him. Come on, don't look at what's going to happen all around me. Oh my goodness, everything's falling apart. Trust in God. And then Jesus says, come on, if Jesus is the Savior and he, he is the Son of God and He was perfect and he, everything He said was truth, when He says, trust also in me, come on, guys, you can trust in me. I am going to prepare a place for you. And when, it talks, and when the Bible talks about heaven, it's, it's a place of perfection. It's a place of goodness. It's a place of righteousness. In 2 Peter, it calls it the home of righteousness. It's a place where everything is good and perfect. Not like here on earth, where things fall apart all the time. Jesus said, I am going. And if I'm going, I'm not going to just leave you here. I'm going to take you to be there with me. And that's where your future is. That's where your hope is. That's where God is going to be spending eternity with us. I was doing some study on, on other religions' views of eternal life. I hadn't really done a whole lot of study before. Um, kind of knew things and done some, but I was just studying specifically how other religions view eternal life. I was actually very surprised <laughs> to see what their view was. Because a lot of people are saying, well, all, all, all roads lead to the same place. All, all religions and all faiths lead to the same, same eternity. But they don't. Almost every other major religion that I was studying, eternity is all about the individual. I'm going to spend eternity with my perfect family. A couple different religions believe that. I'm just going to spend with my perfect spouse, my perfect children, and we're going to spend eternity in a perfect paradise, and that's it. It's all about me. Some religions, it's, it's when you die, you just kind of go on to this other realm of spirituality, and you follow spirit guides from one life to another life, and it's just all about you. But when Jesus teaches us about eternal life, when he teaches us about heaven, when he teaches us about our future, he says, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about everyone who has put their faith in Christ. And it's about spending eternity. The other religions, some of them, there's no even mention of really God in the whole thing. Spending eternity with God or a Savior or Christ or anything. It is about me. And Jesus says, it's not about you. It's about all of us who put our faith in Christ. We will spend eternity with Jesus and our Heavenly Father and with everyone who calls Jesus 
their Lord and Savior. In fact, this was Jesus' pr- very purpose on earth. And there's a verse if, if you, that we hear about a lot when we're kids in Sunday school, and uh, John 3.16. You'll see it at the, end of the, at the end zone, right? At the football game, right? John 3.16, the banner man, he's up there holding it up, right? John 3.16. And everyone goes, what's John 3.16? It is the pivotal verse, verse of the whole New Testament. It wraps up the mission that Jesus ha- came to do. And for some of you, <laughs> you got to hear this today. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That simple. That easy. Not a bunch of rules, not a bunch of regulations. This is it. Jesus said, God loved the world so much that he sent me here. This is how much he loved you. He loved the world so much, he gave his one only son. And when he gave his one only son, that just means he gave Jesus to come and to be tortured and to die and to be hung on a cross naked in front of the world Giving up his son to be humiliated in front of the world for you, for me, those of us, for me who does not deserve that. That's what he did. That's what he gave. That's how much he loves the world. Let's take a look back at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, Paul goes on in, in chapter 4, after saying that we are going to be raised, and we have this hope in being raised. In verse 16 it says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though we were, are outwardly wasting away, yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let's face it, we are outwardly wasting away. For those of you who are young and you're teenagers and you're thinking, yeah, you're all strong and you're happy and everything, but man, I turned, I turned uh, 40 this year, okay? And immediately after turning 40, my body just fell apart. <laughs> I'm like, is this what really happens, right? It's seriously like everything just, poof, just fell apart. I'm outwardly wasting away. (laughs) I just kind of laugh about that. But inwardly, I am being renewed day by day. Do you know that the inside of you can get younger (laughs) day by day? You can have more strength than you've ever had inwardly day by day? Even as you're watching your body waste away, your eyesight getting dimmer, 
your joints getting achier, your step getting slower. He says, come on, We're, everyone's wasting away. But he says, these light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternity that far outweighs them all. As you can probably tell from looking at me, I don't really like light food, right? Okay? Seriously. Like, some people really like angel food cake, you know? Like, it's, you bite into it and there's just, like, nothing there. You're like, oh, where'd it go? It's just gone. It just evaporates into your mouth, right? Man, I want a piece of cheesecake, right? It's made of cheese, yeah, something nice and heavy dessert, right? Or, or like, one time I was trying to lose weight, which I've, if any of you have tried to lose weight, we all try to lose weight sometimes in our lives. And I was trying to lose weight, so we bought all these healthy foods and light foods and stuff. And somebody told me about these rice cakes. I'd never heard of these things before. They're kind of... The, a disc about like this, and they look kind of like a hockey puck, and, and they're rice cakes, and you bite into them, and they taste like styrofoam. And you're like, this is living. I really want to be light, right? I don't want to be light. This is terrible. I'm, yeah, after that, I've never ate a rice cake again. I mean, rice cake or a piece of steak. Whoa. Like, what is, what is my choice going to be? I don't know. Now, you know, if I go to a restaurant and, and the choice is, is a salad or a cup of chili, like, man, I want something hearty to get me through the day. And I say that all to say that Paul calls our troubles here on earth light and momentary. So your bank account's empty. It's momentary. In the scope of eternity, it's momentary. In the, in the scope of eternity, it's light. Here's what I love about this, because if you don't read this in the context of the whole book of 2 Corinthians, you're like, light and momentary troubles, okay? I just want to read to you what Paul calls his light and momentary troubles. Throughout the whole book of 2 Corinthians, he shares different things and struggles he has done had and and um, as after he follow, after he decided to follow Christ man he was persecuted and he was he was chased down and people tried to kill him and everything and and read this so this is this is his light this is what he calls light and momentary here you go ready i have worked much harder i have been imprisoned more frequently i have been flogged more severely i have been exposed to death again and again five times i received from the jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger of rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, in dangers in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brethren. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And besides all of that, right? Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern. 
for all the churches. Do those sound like light and momentary troubles to you? I mean, if I got whipped once, I'd be done. All right? Seriously. I mean, these whippings and thrashings and tortures and imprisonment and dangers on the run, running for his life. He calls these light and momentary troubles. He's got to be crazy. He's got to be out of his mind. Do you know why Paul can call these his light and momentary troubles? Because if you go back to verse 17, he says, Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternity that far outweighs them all. You know that's those scales, that kind of the old-fashioned scales where you put weights over here and then you put your, your product over here and it weighs it out, you know? You remember those? Right? You see those on the scale of justice, the lady with the blindfold and she's got the scales. But here's the scale. And Paul puts on it, right? He puts on it my, my beatings, my, my imprisonment, all this stuff, all this really heavy stuff, losing everything for the... For, the gospel of Christ, losing everything. And how heavy those things really are. And I bet they were heavy. Come on. He wasn't Superman. He wasn't impervious to pain. He, it was, these were heavy things. And as he puts them on the scale and, and it goes like this, he says, yeah, right? But what's the future going to be like? What's glory going to be like? What's heaven going to be like? And he puts... Everything he knows about what the future that God has in store for him on, and these look light and momentary. These look like nothing at all. Because he knows that the weight of glory far outweighs any problem, any situation, any trial, anything we can go through here on earth. It far outweighs them all. So what should our response be to, to in this world that is being shaken, in our lives that are being shaken? For the believer, we don't lose heart. We do not lose heart. For we are being renewed inwardly day by day. I was sitting down with, with Dave Nelson and we were talking and uh, we're kind of, we kind of like the old-fashioned songs and I was thinking about songs that were written during the Depression in the church. The worship songs in the church written in the Great Depression when there was 20% unemployment, people were in soup lines and everything. What were they singing about? They were singing about their future because everything else had been wiped out. They were singing songs like, Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. To a land on God's celestial shore, I'll fly away. You like my singing? It's pretty good. All right. I got a few more. Here we go. All right. I don't have the band to back me up, but there's another one. I've got a mansion just over that hilltop in some bright land where we'll never grow old. And someday yonder we'll never grow. What is it, Eric? Fonder? I don't know. But walk on streets that are purest gold. All right, they, these things. 
There's another song. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. This is what people were singing when they had lost everything. They were looking forward to this hope. If you go back to the slave, the American slaves, singing, putting their faith in Christ even though they were enslaved, what were they singing, right? Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. They're looking for home, man. There was another one they sing. They say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to walk on gold. I'm going to walk all over God's heaven. And the song talks about, when I get to heaven, I'm going to get some shoes. <laughs> they didn't have shoes. That was their hope. That they would be able to walk all over God's heaven. And for us, if you're experiencing, if you're not experiencing being renewed day by day, it may be time for you to, to take your eyes off of those things, like Paul said to us, take your eyes off of things that you see, everything you see in front of you. Don't fix your eyes on them. Because when you fix your eyes on everything you see around you, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to get down. But fix our eyes on what is unseen. So the question for you today is what is your focus? What is your focus? Are you focusing on those things that you see or are you focusing on that which is unseen, this unshakable future, guaranteed by Jesus Christ? I know for a fact that if we looked at what we see right now and we looked right through it, we looked through our possessions, right through our family, right through our our job situation, right through everything that that stands in front of us, and we looked right through it. And if we just really looked through it and saw eternity, it would actually put a smile on our face instead of gloom and doom in our hearts. So what are we going to do with what we've heard today? For some of you, I know for me, <laughs> I know for me, I've gone through some pretty f- tough financial times and, and recently in physical struggles and I've, I've felt disappointments and fears. But I know, <laughs> I know that if I did not have my faith in Christ and my faith in this unshakable future, I'd be done. I know that's what he starts with in, in, in chapter 4. He says, we know that Christ has done this. He has been raised from the dead. And because he has been raised, we will also be raised. We know this. And because I know this, I know that I was made for eternity. I know it. That's why I can look at, look at what's going on with me. And I can laugh. I can say, ah, it's a light momentary trouble. I can look at what's going on. It's light momentary because if far, the glory that God has for me is far outweighs it. I remember I was early on, maybe about four, four or five weeks ago, came home from church and I, I mean, my legs were not working at all. 
And I was laying on my couch, kind of had my feet up, and my kids were doing whatever my kids are doing around the house. And my little five-year-old Amelia comes up. And I'm just laying there on the couch. I'm just trying to rest my feet, just in pain. And, and she comes and she gets her little baby blanket and she sticks it on me and tucks me in. I'm like, oh. Then she goes gets three of her favorite animals and she tucks them in with me, you know, right? <laughs> I just let her do it, you know. I'm just, I'm just going. And then she goes, she goes, Dad, do you know where God is? Now, I'd love to hear the answer about this. So you know where God is? I said, tell me, where is he? He goes, she says, he's right here next to you. I was like, you are so right. You are so right. And for some of you, you don't think God's in the picture at all. And I'm here to tell you that from the from the mouth of a babe, God is right here. He's right next to you. He knows your pain. He knows what you're going through. He knows your financial situation. He knows every penny that's in the bank or not in the bank. He knows everything. And he's right here next to you. And you have to know that when Jesus says, trust in God, trust also in me, he really means it. He really means it. And for some of you, you, you may have just, this may be new to you. This whole concept of, of faith in Christ and, and, and following Him and, and saying yes to Him may be totally new to you. I just want to go back to this verse in John 3.16. I want you to hear this for you, okay? For you, I want you to hear this. For God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him, their future will not perish. (laughs) Their life will not perish, but they will have eternal life. You were made for eternity. That's what God created you for. And I would like to just pray for each of you this morning. Just take a moment of prayer before we go into our, the singing part of our worship. So would you just bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I do thank you for every person that's in this room and may, may be listening to this on the internet or, or on a CD. And there's, there's struggles. There's no doubt. It doesn't... Just because eternity is the way it is doesn't mean that, that we don't have struggles here on earth. And I just pray for those that are struggling right now that you will stand before them and stand beside them and show them the things that are unseen. As they look into your word, the things that are unseen, and they will re- their hope and their faith will be renewed day by day. And they themselves will be renewed inside day by day. And Lord, I pray for those that may be sitting here right now, and this is the moment of truth for them, to say yes to Jesus Christ, yes to this eternal life, yes to God's love, 
God's care, God's gift of his son. If that's you today, all you have to do is say yes to God. Just say, God, yes, I, I'm new to this. This is a new concept to me. <laughs> but I say yes to you. That's the first step. And God said, if you say yes to me, Jesus says, you have eternal life. You have eternal life. A hope of an unshakable future. Jesus, we love you. We give our lives to you. I, I bow my knee to you today in worship. God, just work in us. Help us to not focus on what is seen. But let us focus this morning and for the rest of our lives on that which is unseen, this eternal glory. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to go back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, before we go into worship. And in just a moment, we're, we're going to be taking up our offering. And for those of us who call K2 our church home, this is we give to make this happen, to make, to make K2 happen on Sunday mornings and throughout the week and all the things that have to go on in this place. So we just thank you for your generous giving to that. If, if you're a guest with us today and feel no obligation, just let the basket pass you. Uh, if you want to give, you can, but there's no pressure or obligation. We want this to, service to be a blessing to you. Hebrews 12.28 says this. We started off with it today. I want to end off with it today. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, the kingdom of God cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so, worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And that's what we're going to do today. And I'm just going to ask you just to stand with me, and let's just worship God today with reverence and awe.